Welcome everybody to the Monday Mornings Tearcast, uh, where this is the only podcast talking about our league. Uh, as again, my I'm the host, uh, my camp host, the manager of the Spinning Llamas, and we're here today to have a special little podcast this week, as uh, we just had the NFL trade deadline happen uh, just the other day, and this is probably one of the most active trade deadlines I've seen in the NFL in recent years. And uh, some of the trades that has happened uh, could have some fantasy impact as well um, going forward for this season and even for like the, the near future as well. Uh, to introduce to you, uh, he's been a frequent uh, guest here in the podcast as he, uh, he loves talking about fantasy just as much as I do or as much as Kite does. Uh, we're going to welcome back Danny DiCarvello, the manager of the Poop Emoji. How are you doing, Danny? That's Poop Emoji for you. It's an exclamation there. Ah, uh, that's right. It's been you. You know what? I, you might have to change that soon because you're you're 500 now, 500 right now in a playoff spot. So that poop emoji might have to change very soon. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have to add like I don't know. I, I kind of like the poop emoji. I just might add some more like exclamation marks or question maybe, marks. Maybe maybe since you changed it, that's what like kind of changed your luck a little bit, like ironically. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I I've been lucky with wins, but I don't think it's sustainable. But that's that's we don't have to get into that today. <laughs> we have a lot of other stuff to talk about. All right, so we're going to try to keep this as short, as sweet as possible, because we know that we can literally sit here for hours talking about football in general. Uh, so we're going to just do a very quick recap on week eight. We're just going to go through who won on the week. Uh, I be- I won myself uh, with the highest points total for the week. Uh, John also won this week. Uh, same with Tony. Uh, which makes uh, Andre literally one Kimball win away from being tied with him. That just sounds disgusting to listen to. Uh, come on, uh, Andre, pick up your shit. Uh, we have um, we have Taylor Swift getting back on the winning board. Uh, we have Commander of Chaos doing Chaos things, winning again. And then for the first time, I think, ever in our league history, we have a tie. A tie between Paul's team and... And Taras's team, 85.84 each aside. Uh, Danny, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is probably the first time I'm we've ever seen a tie in our in our fantasy league. Yeah, yeah. I think there was one year that when Andre was commissioner and he didn't know what decimal scoring was. I think we're, there was some ties in that league. Um, but, you know, since there's now justice in the world and we use decimal scoring, uh, this is the first time, which is wild. Um and you know, I, neither team deserved a win, so this is somehow appropriate. Yeah, I know Paul putting uh, Tracon Smith out there and Elijah Moore. Like, are you seriously going to play Elijah Moore after all the drama that's going on there? Uh, I think it sees fit that just poor management decision gave him the, gave him the tie there. Uh, but yeah, no, very interesting to see. Um, so we'll go right into into what this is pod is mostly about, which is uh, the actual trade deadline and a bunch of the acquisitions that happened in real football just the other day. Uh, but we'll primarily talk about the ones that will give some fantasy impact. Uh, so we'll go through a couple of them. One of them being Naeem Hines going to the Bills. Uh, this is a very shock move for lots of reasons. Uh, you know, maybe is this an indication that Indianapolis is trying to already move on from the season? We saw that uh, Matt Ryan already is getting benched for the rookie. Uh, and now that Hines is shipped off to the Bills, like, uh, what does this mean for JT in general? 
And and as well, like in Buffalo, like what does this mean for Singletary and Cook? Uh, they they drafted Cook to be their pass down kind of specialist, and I think that's kind of washed away now. Uh, maybe even for dynasty purposes. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I think Indy's clearly tanking now with you know the decision to go with Ellinger now um, trading Hines away. Not that Hines was like you know doing a lot for them, but he's just like a a tool that he, they have. Um, and and they've touted him as like one of their better playmakers for a while. Like, Frank Reich, you know, he had talked a lot of garbage too, but he has said um, Liam Hines was one of his better players. But, you know, decided to ship him away. And and Buffalo is kind of a surprise trade, right? Because they were tried to get J.D. McKissick in the offseason. There were reports to say, like, he was confirmed, signed there, and then eventually he just re-signed with Washington out of the blue. Um and then they drafted James Cook in the second round, which is really was it second? I think it was early, maybe not second. And they it seemed like that was going to be their guy. And then I don't know, they gave up on him pretty quickly. Um, I don't think they trade for Hines if they don't intend for him to take work away from Cook, right? Yeah, I I don't really know what to think about that. Like, you know, they utilized even Moss there for a bit and kind of had those three rotating. And they shipped Moss out of uh, Buffalo. Uh, maybe they're just comfortable, like in this offensive system, to have three backs con- rotating mostly. But I, I do find that really odd and strange. Um, and I think that just hurts the value from, to be honest, Singletary and and Cook. And we'll and we'll see what Hines does there. Um, another trade, uh, another trade that happened that uh, actually goes right to your team, the Bears. We have Claypool getting shipped from Pittsburgh to the Bears which he could potentially be their best wide receiver. Uh, nothing to go against Mooney, but uh, he can definitely be a downfield stretch for fields there. Uh, and then Pittsburgh getting back a second round pick. Um, as a Bears fan and for fantasy purposes, what do you think of this trade? Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Claypool, to be honest with you. Um, and the fact that we gave up our early second round pick likely is, is kind of high, but I see the value in it just based on, you know, how how wide receivers have been, you know, pushed up draft boards and how they're being traded for really high picks. Like how, how much uh, the Saints paid to get uh, Olave basically when they drafted him, like multiple first round picks and stuff like that. So it, it's not super surprising. And I, I, basically, as a Bears fan, I'm just hoping that um, Pittsburgh just didn't use him well. Like their OC is, is pretty bad and is on track to be fired this year so i'm just hoping that they kind of have just been bad at using him and and his rookie year is really his promise as a bear fan i'm excited yeah yeah there was a lot of promise uh from him uh, even before he went he was a high draft pick and then obviously he broke out already as a rookie year and then he kind of fell apart but i I think that's a lot of part of just how the offense has been more than talent himself He's an athletic freak. Like he's a guy's huge. He's really fast. He has decent hands. I think he has the best hands. Um, but I mean, that uh, alone is infinitely better than what we the Bears had before, right? Like we were, who are we putting out there? Like Byron Pringle was our WR two. Like you know, <laughs> this is garbage. So Claypool yeah. is instantly, uh, you know, the one, or if not, at least equal with Mooney. So you have a big guy, and then you have a guy, a smaller guy that does like. No shorter routes so um yeah i, I don't think it really yeah. in, like fantasy purposes i don't think this really impacts mooney by any chance to be honest maybe it'll be better like 
He won't be double teamed in any form. I think the only person this really helps out is Field, to be honest, on fantasy level. Yeah, no, I agree. I th- I think I don't know if Claypool his fantasy relevance really changes that much, and Mooney's if it changes, it's by a little bit, maybe down, but not that he had a lot before, anyways. Um, but yeah, if anything, this helps Fields. He has another option. You know, Claypool is fast enough to break break off a run for a touchdown, like a long one, or a catch, obviously. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's all good for Fields, which is good for the Bears' offense, which is good for me as a Bears fan. Yeah, uh, we'll go through with another one. Uh, the Dolphins—they were very active this uh, this deadline. Did you say dolphins? The Dolphins, yeah, the <laughs> Dolphins. <laughs> okay. Uh, broken English here, uh, but yeah, no, they were very active this uh, this trade deadline, and we'll say that they shipped one guy out, which they spent the most money in, in their in their running back core, Chase Edmonds to the Broncos, but then they also got in return Jeff Wilson. Um, so let's start with the Dolphins' back line here. So we kind of saw an emergence of uh, Raheem Mostert being the, the lead back here for the Dolphins, and then now we see Jeff Wilson coming into the picture. Do you kind of see this taking any part, like anything away from Raheem, or is it just going to kind of complement him here? No, I think it does for sure. I, I think um, Mostert is their quick guy, right? Like he chases what chase edmonds was that was supposed to be their you know pass catching guy you know quick like smaller quick guy and Mostert, i guess like stole that away from him and just took everything but i think jeff wilson is is more of like a power back right so he will have a different role than Mostert, and i think they'll eat into each other's work um so i i don't think this trade is good for Mostert at all um it, i think that reduces its value a little bit so who has Mostert in our league? It is Andre. Andre. So man, Andre just really eating this shit, right? Because uh, I, I kind <laughs> of agree. I, I think this might hurt uh, Clemens him, um, but we'll kind of see how how that works out. And then I, I was just really surprised to see Chase Edmonds go to the Broncos because they they have Latavius, they have Melvin, and then we know that it's just rentals because. Uh, Javante should be back and ready to go next season. So I just kind of find a surprise that uh, they wanted to take on even the the salary of Chase Edmonds here on a season that kind of seems already lost. <laughs> what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, to, to me, like, Edmonds is part of that deal because he's a salary dump, like, it, basically. Uh, the, the Dolphins didn't want him anymore, and they didn't want to pay him. And the, he, the agreement was to send him because they didn't want to pay him. So the, it was almost a benefit the 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 Dolphins at that point. I don't think Denver really wanted him and he was like, they were like, he was a key piece of the deal for them. But I mean, that said he, they could use him because Mike Boone is on IR, but it, it like you said, it's a lost season for them. So like, what's the point? <laughs> Maybe yeah, they I think, think they're still the, competing, but I, I think know. this is a huge gel for the Broncos. Uh, I don't think they did. They were winners here at all with the trades they've made. Um, they kind of have this lost season and they kind of traded as if they were selling, like they sold one of their best uh, defensemen, but yet they didn't really get much of a haul back uh, for now too. Like, I- I'm not sure how, what they were thinking here, but it's kind of sums up their whole season. Uh, Dolphins clearly giving up another first round pitch is just really going all in. And <laughs> that might be the sum of them just beating the bills that they have the confidence that if they get to that point, they can probably do it again. Uh, so I'm curious to see how the, if they can stay healthy, what the Dolphins can do going forward. 
but we'll go through another trade here too. So this was a pretty surprising trade. Uh, we saw a really young, talented tight end, TJ Hawkinson, go to an in-division rivals, the Vikings. Um, this was kind of surprising because even though, uh, you know, the season might be lost for Detroit, uh, he's a young guy. Uh, they have a lot of talent on that offense, and it's probably a tight end that would be desired that you'd want to keep on that offense, and they gave him away to the Vikings. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I was surprised by that, too. Um, uh, I mean, I you can see why the Vikings would do it, because Irv Smith is on IR, and they could use pass catchers, um, but I, I don't get it for Detroit at all, really. Like, I don't know. Like, they got, what, two... So they gave up Hawkinson and a fourth and a conditional fourth for a second and a third. Basically, they move up two rounds and potentially only move up one, depending on what that condition. So I, I don't know if that's worth it, right? Hawkinson's a young, like, top tight end. was drafted in the first round. I think he was drafted in the top 10. So I just don't understand why they would do that, Detroit. Like, that, it just seemed like they want to lose. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I'm like, they literally have a PFA grading one of the top O lines. They have obviously they have Swift back there with a good with a good goal line back in Will. And then like once Jamison Williams is like like healthy and ready to go, like to have Amonra, St. Brown, Williams, and then even Hawkinson in the middle, like that's a pretty like threatening offense. And then like if they continue to lose, like they'll be up there in the draft to grab one of the top young quarterbacks as well so i i think this is just like the lines management being lines management and like just finding ways to kind of like kind of fuck things up a little bit i i think it was pretty poor on there and to be honest vikings yeah it makes sense so i think like dynasty wise like irv smith i unfortunately i have him i think like dynasty values like too many injuries yeah he's too many injuries and unless there's some other team wants to pick him up and he re- it's kind of like goodbye irv smith mm-hmm. um long term uh, uh, and another trade, this one's more on the dynasty side of things, but uh, we got the Jags. We got Calvin Ridley to the Jags. Um, talented wide receiver. This is obviously um, not impacting this season, but for next season. But this is looks pretty juicy for next year. Like, you know, maybe another year under the belt for Lawrence uh, with this uh, offensive system. And then to have like Travis Etienne in the back. And then you have a pretty strong wide receiver core with Ridley and Kirk leading the way. Uh, what do you think about uh, this trade? Like Ridley dynasty purposes and just like maybe the Jags offense going forward next year? Yeah, I really like it for the Jags. Like they're not competing this year anyways. So um, like you, why not trade for a guy that's not going to play this year? Who cares? Um, and then... Yeah, like he's he's proven to be like a really good player when he's playing. Um, and the condition I forget what the conditions were like, but I think it's like a fifth with a chance to be a fourth, with a chance to be a third. Depend like it kind of tears down depending on you know if he plays or makes the team or or is a good player or whatever. I think that's a great deal for them. It's like very uh, there's not much risk for the Jags to do that. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it for for Trevor Lawrence, which I, who I have in Dynasty. Um, just more weapons. It's overall good for the Jags, I think. Rare yeah, I don't, W. Yeah, Jags. I don't recall who has Ridley on our Dynasty League, but uh, that definitely panned out for, for whoever it was that took the risk on Ridley because 
you know, having Ridley come back to Atlanta with the mindset that he was in before even the suspension, you don't know how that would work out, especially this Marietta run offense. So this is a huge for any any Ridley dynasty owners out there. Um, but unfortunately, even though there were some winners here in the trade deadline, uh, there definitely was some losers here too. A lot of players that were speculated to probably be on the move and is not. Like uh, Brandon Cooks is staying put in Houston, and he very well tweeted his him being unpleasant about. Uh, I'm a Cooks owner in Dynasty, and we have our champion who's a Cooks owner in our regular league. Um, I would be really concerned uh, where how Cook is going to be for the rest of the season. He's already been underperforming. He hasn't been getting the same volume. And if he's publicly already like you know mentioned how he's displeased about this, um, I'm kind of curious to see how he's going to be used going for the rest of the season. Do you think he's just going to be a, a bench dud now for the rest of the season? Yeah, th- probably. I don't think he has incentive to actually try. I was just looking as you were talking. I was looking at his contract details, to see, and the guy's under contract until uh, 2025. <laughs> so that's why he wants to get traded. It's his only out, other than getting cut. But I, th- I think I don't think he'll get cut next year. Like his first potential out is in 2024 for like a contract cut, and even then, it's like eight mil of dead cap for one year. So the only way I think he leaves that team anytime soon is a trade, and it's not happening this year. So age 29 you know he's probably pissed like his career is just circling the toilet now wasted away in houston it's it's really odd that houston wouldn't because like they again their season again is also lost um they're going to probably be look they're in the rebuild themselves and they have an asset like brandon cooks who's still at that prime age uh, that they could have probably sold them for something pretty high, and it just—it's odd that they wouldn't. Uh, so again, I don't know what kind of management Houston's doing, but I think that's a bump to not to not trade them for something valuable, especially with how high the market is on the value of wide receivers right now. And there's some pretty desperate teams that need wide receivers out there. Um, some other like some other players that were losers on the deadline is one is Cam Akers, who's very displeased about and doesn't want to play in L.A., uh, and they didn't move him. Cream Hunt in Cleveland, uh, very surprised that they didn't want to move him either. It could possibly be that they won that game in fashion on Monday night against Cincy, and they might want to keep him around just in case if they can still fight for a playoff spot. Um, And some other teams that uh, I'm surprised, like, didn't want to make moves for that wide receivers is, like, like the Ravens, for example, desperately needing a wide receiver if they want to probably like still really be competitive. They made some good moves defensively, but surprised they didn't want to make one in the wide receiver department. Um, apparently, Dallas was fishing around for a wide receiver as well, um, and some other teams. Uh, outside of Brandon Cooks, do you, do you find any of these players who being big losers on the deadline? I think you got you got most of them. Um, Brandon Cooks, huge obviously um and then Kareem Hunt um being another one who I think that they were looking for the Browns were looking for a fourth round pick which is not that bad considering how good Kareem Hunt is um and I guess they there's no biters so um sucks because you know Kareem Hunt moving would have opened up a lot for fantasy too right because he would have gained value Chubb maybe would have went up and then it would have um put Dearness Johnson on the map 
because um, he's like the next man up. So, yeah, that's kind of disappointing to see. Yeah, I think like the only other two like players, more wide receivers that kind of stand out is Elijah Moore, who is obviously displeased with his involvement in the offense. Um, now to see, hey, they didn't end up trading him away, but they're not utilizing him. So like, what is is this going to be a Denzel Mims type of situation? And if it is, like, what is this Jets off like team doing where they have this u- these uber talented wide receivers, high draft pick values, and then they end up just not using them? Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, like, what how that story is going to go for the rest of the season. And then I'm curious to see how DJ Moore is going to be. Um, we saw Christian McCaffrey get shipped out. Maybe there was hope that DJ Moore would. Um, I don't think PJ Walker is going to be the answer because, you know, Baker's going to come back probably in a couple of weeks and, you know, they're going to end up playing him or Walker. Uh, and then we're probably going to see that same type of offense. Uh, I don't, they, Baker's actually healthy now. He's backing up PJ Walker. So they've already committed to PJ. Well, they said as long as PJ's playing well, they're going to keep playing him. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think Darnold is supposed to come back soon from his uh, injury. So. I don't know if that changes anything. Not that Darnold is is good, um, but you know they have three pretty poopy quarterbacks. But <laughs> PJ Walker has been playing like surprisingly well. He's been throwing much better than Baker or and obviously Darnold. So um, they were competitive the last two games, right? They won two games ago. Last game they went to overtime, right? So I don't know why they would change. But like, I mean. They, they, they if, I, if I was Carolina, like they should change just to lose. Yeah, like you sold your best player, and then you should continue to do that. So then you can build up for the future. They're clearly in a. Re- uh, but honestly, who knows uh, with NFL teams nowadays? Um, would you say after uh, with all the trades that was discussed right now, and and the winners and losers, uh, who do you like? What trades do you think? has made or can make the biggest impact in our league specifically um i mean it wasn't a deadline trade um but the two, the two trades that i thought that were the most fantasy relevant were ones that happened a few, day, few days before the deadline or even last week with the christian mccaffrey one obviously where and we saw that like last game what the hell what happened like, it was ridiculous mccaffrey going off for three touchdowns and, you know passing throwing rushing passing or uh, catching whatever um and then the other one is james robinson who i know didn't like play super well yet but i think he has a chance to gain some value um in the jets uh you know when they actually start playing well again which i think probably will happen uh so th- those are the two i think that are the most fantasy relevant the other ones you know Hines, claypool like those guys are always going to be you know wr3s rb3s like no one it's not going to be any it's not going to move anything, but I think those other two changed value a little bit. Yeah, the CMC's trade was definitely the like the biggest impact. Um, and again, we don't really see blockbuster trades like that happen too often as well. Uh, but that definitely is the biggest trade. Not only obviously affects CMC himself and brings his ceiling back to you know the, the highest potential that we've probably will ever see as long as he stays healthy uh but then also affects uh mitchell like mitchell's probably ready to come back from ir or he might be eligible already and every you know those guys who i think i think it is andre who held on to him all this time is now kind of like what do i do with him kind of just have to draw them at this point or just hold them as a handcuff 
Um, which, yeah. by the way, uh, CMC going off for you, uh, just to tell the league, even though I won this week, Danny put up the most points he did all season against me. So I believe the curse is still true. Like, I think I'm going up against Kite this week in week nine. He's going to put up the most points for the week. I'm going to call that right now. <laughs> it's going to continue. Yeah, prob- probably going to happen. And I also like to say, like, Andre had the biggest debate and internally for him, like, do I keep Sutton? Do I keep Mitchell? Turns out the answer was none of them. <laughs> so that is very true. That is very true. Yeah. Uh, which would be curious if he was to go back. I wonder of who was his other key. Do you recall now? Cup. Cooper Cup. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously that pans out. We're gonna shy away from him, but uh, yeah. Uh, actually, you know, I remember the debate of uh, uh, taking uh, Hertz over Mahomes. I guess they're both about the same right now, but it seems like uh, Hertz might actually still be slightly better than Mahomes' rest of the season. Yeah, I, I think the argument against that, Mikey, was was not that uh, Hertz didn't have the ceiling that he is and he's performing to right now. It's that that we already knew Mahomes had that ceiling, and it was obvious that he could get that again. Where Hertz was like, "There's a big, there's a good chance that he doesn't." It ended up working out for you, which is great, and and you know, I'm happy for you. <laughs> well it's a it's the risk reward you know unfortunately yeah. other other players i picked up hasn't been the same like like sudden uh, for example um yeah unfortunate uh but yeah with the uh with the trade deadline in the nfl that just happened uh it makes us think uh when is our league's trade deadline happening it has to be coming up soon which for the record guys who listens to this league it is coming up soon we are going into week nine and our deadline is week 11 so you don't have that many weeks left to to wheel and deal to try to really impact your team to make that playoff push. Um, and with that said, uh, that was kind of brought up in our group chat, and we've now seen an abundance of players being put onto the trade block. Uh, so I took a, a look at the, the league, and I think the team or the manager that could be looking to really want to make a move in the deadline is Steve which is Taylor Swift. The reason why I say that is he's had a lot of unfortunate events happen this season. You know, uh, JT underperforming and getting hurt, Swift being hurt most of the season. Uh, but on paper, he has a stacked team. Uh, but just like myself, he's sitting here at three and five. Uh, if he does lose this week as well and going to three to six, he's going to be really on the cusp of trying to make the playoffs or not. Uh, I think with the team that he has, he has enough star power and name value to really make uh, some significant movements to help that push. Um, is there anyone else? Do you agree with that, Danny? And is there anyone else in the league that you think should be should be making moves right before this deadline? No, I, I agree with that. Like a lot of these guys are like really, really high name value, like you said, but just haven't been performing, whether that's injury mostly injury, or even in Swift's case, it's weird, like, coaching staff are playing him, but not really playing him. Um, so it's a little odd. And the, I noticed he just put those three guys, JT, Swift, and Waller on the block, which I guess are his three highest name value guys that haven't been performing. So I think he's doing exactly what you're saying, Mikey. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we might see something from him soon. Um yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what he wants as a haul because uh, I have tried to wheel and deal him a little bit on AJ Brown, which isn't on the board, and JT. There hasn't been really anything from that, so I'm just kind of curious. But yeah, sorry, continue. 
No, I, I, I mean, outside of that, I think um, Nick's Brees Hall injury kind of screwed him. Um, you know, he's starting Gus Edwards. His running backs are, are kind of uh, shit now. Um, so he might need to make a move to, to shore up that spot. Um, and I have a, a few that I might be able to deal with if he wants to trade back <laughs> some guys. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like looking at that trade uh, that you did with Nicholas, uh, were you giving away C.D. Lamb and, and Tyler Boyd and and bringing in uh, Bateman? Dude, Lazard. that trade fucked me so hard. Yeah, obviously you don't see injuries and forcing uh, circumstances, but uh, in hindsight, like now looking at it, man, uh, I'm sure you wish to have those players back on your roster. Well, like Chase got injured. Chase, like Jamar Chase got injured. Uh, Boyd's value goes up, and then both fucking Lazard and um, Bateman get hurt, and it's like great. <laughs> like, what did I get? What did I gain? Like almost nothing, right? So, and I lost CD Lamb, who's still healthy. Um, that said, like I, I know I talked to some people, and they think that I probably didn't get as much value as I could have, which you know I can see. But I, I think I was, um, I'm a lot down, more down on CD Lamb than a lot of people. Uh, I kept him because. Um, I, he was my best keeper, but I, I didn't really want him. Um, I didn't really tell many people that, uh, just because Dallas's defense is really good. Um, so they don't throw that much. They, they're often ahead in lead in games and, and rush a lot. And then on top of that, Dak spreads the ball around a decent amount. So, um, I actually think, uh, CDs was probably going to get most of his targets with Cooper rush, um, than he will with Dak. So, so we'll see. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough to tell. Like he's been like he, overall, he is a low end uh, WR one, which which isn't terrible. Like obviously, yeah. it's not his ceiling that we've projected. But like I, I can only imagine that his his touchdowns have to get a little bit better. Like he only has three so far this season. I think he he's projected to have eight. Uh, so there should be some touchdown uh, progression coming his way. You would hope so. Uh, and now that you know that they, they were shipping for or they were trying to find on the deadline uh, Sika, another wide receiver, and they didn't get that. Uh, so, like, maybe it will kind of change where they're going to feed him a little bit more than usual. But I guess we'll see. I, I can understand why you'd want to ship him out, but it's hard to find these type of uh, type of wide receivers out here. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe I would have kept him if I were you, but, you know. That's why you wheel and deal, and then for the best, right? You were trying to go for the upside. Yeah, no, I, I was hoping Lazard would be 80% of Lamb based on being the only wide receiver that uh, Green Bay has, and that's still that worked out for me that they didn't trade for anybody. So as soon as Lazard is healthy, I think um, he'll be uh, high end WR2, um, which, you know, if you consider Lamb to be a low end WR1, we're not that far off. And then I also gained Bateman, who I thought, you know, would have been good, but then he got injured, so that sucks. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes that happens. It's the luck of uh, the draw and some shipping somebody out and injuries happen. But I, I, I agree. I think Nicholas does has to make a move with Hall going out, unfortunately. Like, I, we don't know if Gus Edwards is even healthy to play this week. Um, we'll see uh, how that goes for him. But uh, I think for the most part, like, the, every every manager has has some holes in their teams that can be addressed. And I'm just curious to see how many trades uh, we see happen before week 11. Uh, so before we go into week 9 matchups, uh, even though Paul 
uh, is away right now in a foreign country, he still managed to give us his China Buck Pids of the Week. So here it is, guys. Here's Paul's China Bunk Pids Picks of the Week. So I'm going to be saying it on his behalf as he is currently downing some drinks in a beach. Uh, so for the Thursday night pick, he has Eagles covering the spread, which is negative 13.5. Uh, his hot underdog pick is Lions beating the Packers uh, on the money line. And he has a four-game parlay. The Chargers taking the Falcons with the negative uh, three. Uh, the Bengals negative seven against the Panthers. The Vikings taking the minus three and a half against the Commanders. And the Cardinals taking the negative two over the Seahawks. Uh, he says that this parlay pays at 13.28, so he he's telling you to drop a $20 bill, and Paul's worth a fat $20 bill, to win $265.60. So yeah, let's see, Paul, what your record's going to be. Uh, again, losing record, you got to give us some coupons to your car wash, buddy. So let's see what happens there. Oh, um, if, you guys, uh, if you guys want to lose $20, uh, put money on that parlay. There you go, boys. There you go. You have it right here. Hot take. All right, so we'll go into the Week 9 matchups uh, coming up. Uh, so we'll take a look at the matchups. We have, I think, which is probably the juiciest matchup of the week. Uh, we got myself, the Spitting Llamas, against Kites, uh, Allen for a penny. Uh, I'm not going to judge this match. I'll give it to you, Danny. Uh, does Kite keep his lucky streak going and go to 7-2, or do you think... Uh, uh, you're going to see me getting my winning streak going. I, I, I think the curse is going to continue. I think Kite's going to get the most points in the week. Uh, that's just how it's been rolling. Um, and that's how I think it's going. Yeah. Yeah. I do think he's going to beat you, Mikey. I, <laughs> I think DJ Moore, like I, we've talked about this, but has been coming on strong lately. Um, I think Adams is going to have a bounce back game. Um, you know, if Keenan Allen doesn't play... He'll be fine. He can throw in Brandon Cooks. Probably can get okay points. And um, I don't know. I think Kyle Pitts is going to get you two and a half points again. <laughs> <laughs> the one week, I, the one week I bench him, and that's when he goes off and gets like sixteen points. So yeah. I, I'm really debating if I should uh, bench him again. But honestly, like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to win this because uh, most of my team has really tough matchups this week. Um, so I can see me kind of having a week again. Um, so I, I think I am going to struggle and then be in that situation just as uh, Steve is with his team. Uh, the next matchup we have, we have John's, uh, Obi John Kenobi going up against team Antonio. Uh, what do you think here? Sleepers really, really making this lopsided. Um, actually it's because Tony's defense, he hasn't even defense yet. So that might change it. But who do you think you have for this week on matchup um probably john just because you know tony starting james cook who might not even get many snaps um and he also has like garrett wilson going against buffalo so i don't know i don't i don't see that going well for him and, and he also has some obviously buys with you know kittle and cooper and john's at, at full strength so just based on that I'll, I'll probably give it to john yeah i'm gonna give it to john too he has too many guys on buy um as well and i'm just curious he doesn't he's not going to want to drop dallas uh, but he also can't afford to stash him either uh so i'm really curious to see if tony's just gonna keep it as is just take the l uh but i will go with john on this one too uh next matchup we got nicholas's uh hall and oat fields versus lonely andre's uh one and seven show me the mooney 
Uh, what? Who do you think you have in this matchup? Andre's team is shaping up to be like pretty good. If he was not one and seven, <laughs> he could be like a you know a top half team. Um, so I mean, I'm gonna have to go with Andre just because of I, I like his team, but it's too little, too late for him for the season. But I still think it's you know he's probably gonna give out some butt hurt before he's done. Honestly, I okay. He's one and seven. We have how many weeks left in the regular season? Is it five? Uh, playoffs start fifth week fifteen. Yeah, right, fifteen. So uh, that means uh, yeah, we have what are we in? Um, we're going we're going into nine. So so we have nine? one, two, three, four, five, six. So we have six weeks. So if he goes, if he wins out, he's seven and seven. So if he just goes on a complete tear, he can still make the playoffs. Yes, he has to win. And, I think he but, can win. He can go in being five and five and eight, uh, or six and eight. Um, so I think if he loses one game, even I think he could be okay. But which is that, yeah, no, you're right. Like Etienne is obviously the lone guy now in Jacksonville, and he's emerging. Henry is doing Henry things. Uh, Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. Godwin is seems like he's he's back from his injury. Uh, he obviously has Mahomes, and we'll see how Raheem plays out. But it's obviously better than what it looked like when he drafted him. So yeah, you know what? Like this isn't a one in seven team. Um, it should be better if the luck goes his way in the matchups. I I think he could be a, a sneaky surprise. Yeah, I mean his luck needs to change pretty big uh, for that to happen. Because like I think he's going to be favored in in the majority of his matchups going forward. But you know that doesn't mean anything as we've seen for his team now, right? So. Um, he's, he is one of the, you know, okay. He's not in the top half, but he's, he's right in the middle of point producers, you know, one and seven. So he, Fair enough. Yeah. if he gets the luck, he needs the same luck in the reverse direction. Like he needs, instead of being unlucky that much, he needs to be lucky that much. So it's possible, but you know, yeah, it's be hard. That luck too. uh, okay. So next matchup, we got yourself, uh, poop emoji going up against Taylor Swift. Um, what sleeper is really pushing Steve to win this one, but what do you, I'll, I'll say it uh, for you. Uh, I think sleeper has him winning by a lot, but there's still a lot of question marks. Like we, is JT healthy? How is he going to play? Is Swift healthy? Are are they going to give the ball back to him? We don't even know if Waller is going to play yet. Uh, So there's a lot of question marks. Like if this team is full strength, then I would give this to Steve. Uh, but there's a lot of question marks on his side that, you know, if you have some blow-up per- performances, um, you could compete in it. Um, even with, no, actually, yeah, you got McCaffrey out. Never mind. Yeah, I think I think this is going to be Steve's. No, no, I, I, I think you're on the right path, Mikey. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Ramondre Stevenson can definitely, like, win you the week. But, man, you would definitely need that CMC. No, I, I have a lot of, yeah, no, I do have a lot of, it's an uphill battle this week. Um, But like you said, like, if Taylor is hobbled, plays is limited, uh, same with Swift and Waller, then who does he fill in, right? He has, you know, not much on the bench going on right now because he has Williams out too. So um, at that point, I think then we're, then then I'm really liking the matchup. Um, but, you know, I don't think all three are going to be out. I think at least two will play, if not three. Um, and even then, I, I think Sleeper has me worse than I think. 
I like I think I'll do better than the projections. I hope. I, I'm not gonna lie, man. Playing MVS is just gross. <laughs> oh no doubt, no doubt. But like I, two of my other receivers on by, and one of them's injured. Like you know, so I had to pick yeah. up somebody, and he's a. The reason I picked him up was because he's a boomer bust, and I just have to hope that he gets a boom game. So, but Fair I think enough. Palmer with with, um. You know, Mike Williams out and Keenan Allen looks like he's going to miss again. He's going to be the WR1 against literally the worst passing defense in the league. Um, I think he could do better than nine points, right? And Dylan versus Detroit defense, bad team. They're going to run more, right? And Damian Harris missed practice today and yesterday for some reason. Ramondre Stevenson, you know, has a lone role. Like, there's a path for me to, for the guys that I have to do better than they're projected. And um yeah and i think that's gonna happen but that said like obviously he has studs on his team so even if they do hit their projections i still might not um yeah and palmer uh you're going up like paul like palmer is going up against atlanta or i should say the chargers and depending on the health of keenan like palmer can have a field day too uh i'm pretty sure herbert's gonna want to come out guns blazing um so I, I, he could be sneaky. Uh, so yeah, there's always potential, right? Uh, I wouldn't mind if uh, Goddard gets some touchdowns too, because it means Hurts gets some points. So I wouldn't mind that. Uh, I'm not even going to talk much about this next matchup. Like, you know, Taras's uh, Menage Tua going up against Kimbo's team. Um, not much to say here. Honestly, Kimbo, you're going to go 0-9. I don't have much faith in your team. I would love to see you uh, win a game, but you just got to give me Devontae Smith, and I, I think things can turn around for you. So let's make that trade happen, Kimbo. Uh, uh, we'll... I'd also like to say I don't think anyone should be trading with Kimbo. Anymore. Oh, yes, expand on this thing. Because Kimbo, unless Kimbo is looking for keepers, like I, which at this with the Keeper League, I understand. But, like, if he's going to make some sideways move that is questionable, like the one he made with Kite, I don't see how that's going to benefit his team or he's already out of the playoffs. Like, there's no chance he's making it. So For, uh, for the listeners here, uh, can you just recall the trade that we're talking about? The trade he gave up uh, Keenan Allen and he got Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, there Juju. you go, guys. He gave up Keenan Allen to get Juju Smith-Schuster. Which... Like, to be honest, I had the same reaction as you when I first saw it. I'm like, oh, what the hell? Like, how did he give up Keenan Allen? When when I reflected on it after, and you actually, like, compare the two, it, it's not that far off. Um, I know Keenan Allen, like, when he's healthy, has a lot higher potential. But he's not healthy, and he still might not be healthy. Um, so I get it. But that said, like, why are you trading for a guy if you're out of playoffs? Like, what? You can't... The, these moves you can't do anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like unless you're trading for keepers, don't don't do moves like that. Yeah, it's kind of like um, I guess a sticky uh, subject because like we can't really like we can't actually restrict anybody from doing trades, but we obviously don't want to see like just lopsided trades just because you know your season's done and you're giving up. Uh, which we're like I'm not saying Kimbo, that's what's happened. Uh, not not judging you on that, but. Uh, just a food for thought, you know. Uh, let's see here. So we'll go into the last matchup here. We got Paul's household names against Commander Chaos. Uh, obviously, Paul is in a foreign country right now. Uh, hopefully, he has access to his app so he can actually substitute his buys uh, for players that's on his bench. Uh, but honestly, uh, 
this doesn't look good for Paul. You got Nick Chubb on bye. Uh, you already have Elliott on bye. And then you have Chase Edmonds, who's out. And then you have Debo on bye as well. Uh, so he kind of does. He looks like he's going to have to roll Elijah Moore back yeah. out there and just hope and pray. <laughs> I mean, I would start Devin Duvernay for sure with Bateman out. Like, there's no doubt. I think he'll do better than his seven point projection. But yeah, no, he's kind of screwed this week. Like, yeah, dude. He doesn't have Debo or Chase, his two main guys. He's starting Algier, uh, Corderell Patterson. There's a chance he's back this week. Uh, like, you know, starting Traquan Smith. Like, what the hell? See, the guy got you zero points. Drop him already. Um, so, yeah, I think Chris is going to take a, a a free win this week. Oh, free 100%. Square. Like, honestly, like, like I mentioned when he was on the pod, like Josh Jacobs is using for him so far, like probably the biggest like dead zone rb to like completely uh emerge and and come up uh Devante foreman uh should be pretty decent uh especially if chuba hubbard's out and like honestly like he traded for d hop and what a trade like first of all like he made andre hold him during his suspension the whole time and then <laughs> grab him like literally and then grab him when he's actually being used so thanks andre for like doing that for him um i don't even remember what andre got but it kind of seems irrelevant because d hop's just been you know coming back and just being absolutely yeah tearing. he got kareem hunt who's <laughs> <sighs> been doing nothing yeah and d hop's been killing it um I don't yeah. know, Andre. If that's the case, maybe you should be one in seven. <laughs> yeah. But... Actually, speaking of Andre, like and being one in seven, I I think I remember us talking about at the draft, and he was drafting all these guys like uh, Chris Godwin and DeAndre Hopkins, like guys that were we know we're gonna have slow starts because they were injured or suspended, and we were like, dude, you're gonna be struggling at the beginning of the year, and then it might not, have, you know, by the time they're back, you might be screwed, and you know that's kind of what's happening. Yeah, and the the only unfortunate part is that he might have took, uh, you know, one or two weeks too long to trade these guys, because then he obviously lost out on the value. Because like if he just held on a little bit longer, he would have actually been able to use them. Um, but you know that that's the risk you take when you want to draft a suspended player and you have to stash them and hold on to them, and then you sacrifice that pick right uh, for somebody they can use right away. Um, so we'll see how his season might still turn around, but we might like he might have had a lost season just based off the type of draft that he the risk reward he was trying to to make at the beginning. Um, so we'll see how that goes for him. Uh, before we uh we call it off, Danny, for the week, uh, you have any parting shots or or anything else to say uh before the week nine matchups? No, I'm, now that I was on last week or whatever the last time we did this on, you know, I I made my piece. Um, uh, you know, let's keep it clean. Let's, uh, have a good one out there this week. Danny says, keep it clean, but I like things dirty. Uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have John on here next week and he seems pretty fired up. So I want all the dirtiness, John. I want you to talk shit about everybody. All right. I uh, hope everyone has a good, safe week out there. Uh, you know, Kimbo, go 0-9. Give a fuck at this point. Just don't make shitty trades. All right. Uh, peace out, everybody. Peace out, everybody.